Thanks be to God for this scripture text. I will begin with what this passage is not about. It is not about remaining in an abusive marriage. It is not about causing any person who has been divorced or is a child of divorce to feel ashamed or embarrassed or hurt. It is not about the definition of marriage solely being between a man and a woman. In fact, you will find no definition in the Bible pertaining to marriage. In truth, you'll find more examples of polygamy in the Bible than you will monogamy. A bit of historical context. The ancient world was patriarchal. Women were regarded as property. First, the property of their fathers, and then the property of their husbands. Under some circumstances, in the event of a father's death or a husband's death, a woman would change hands and become the property of her brother or her son. Marriage in the ancient world, amongst the vast majority of society, was not born out of love between two people. Marriage in the ancient world was A business deal. A business deal that ensured economic stability and social privileges by creating both offspring and inner family alliances. Marriage in the ancient world was a business between two men. And a woman's role within that business was something akin to a cow. She would be taken to market and sold to the highest bidder. Finally, divorce was a common practice in the ancient world, even for Jews. In fact, Moses divorced his first wife, Zephorah, and their two sons following the Exodus so that he could remarry. So, with what this text is not about, and with a bit of historical context, what is the passage about. When the Pharisees initially asked Jesus, is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They're trying to figure him out. They're trying to find out if he's a team player. They're trying to find out if he's a guy's guy. Is he going to protect our property rights? They're trying to figure out how best to deal with him in the future. Of course, the answer to their question is yes. It is lawful for a husband to divorce his wife. Everyone knows that. It's the law, written by men for men. Yet Jesus deflects the question from matters of the law and turns the question towards God and God's intent. What is God's intent for humanity? I'll answer that for you. Relationship. Relationship. Jesus, when he quotes Genesis, and he does so to highlight God's intent from the dawning of creation. We are created in God's image for one another. And in that moment, you begin to understand that God's intent is our dependence and care for one another. 
For Jesus in this moment, the law was meant to protect the vulnerable, the weak, and the poor. And each time the law was used for another purpose, say, I'm tired of my wife, I'd like to marry a new one, it was being twisted away from the wellness of other, being twisted away from God's intent and used for man's selfish intent. So the whole passage, I believe, when you get beyond the words divorce and adultery, and you focus upon Jesus' response, is about relationship in the protection of the most vulnerable, those who are weak, those who are poor. Further, I believe it's about equality. You'll notice in his response to the Pharisees questioning regarding the legality for a husband to divorce his wife, Jesus asserts a woman's right to divorce her husband. That's a first. But he asserts her right to divorce her husband. Perhaps that shouldn't be too surprising, since in Jesus we witness the dawning of a new era, an era in which people enter the kingdom of God not through the fulfillment of any abstract legality or through any superfluous showmanship piety, but through mutual respect and love for one another. And you cannot have love and respect for another person if you do not view them as an equal. This equality that he speaks to is further evidenced when Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom belongs. He's speaking on behalf of the least valued and most vulnerable in the world. This moment is revolutionary. His teaching, his action here is revolutionary. He's not a guy's guy. He's God's guy. And he's about God's people and their wellness and their safety and their ability to flourish in the world. This is the purpose of Christ's church, of Christ's body. a place for those who've been broken by life or rejected by life, to know they belong, to know that in their belonging there is the hope of healing. Regardless of legality, in Christ's church, they matter. In Christ's church, they are to be protected. In Christ's church, they are to know love. If you value law over human life, you might want to reflect on your call to being a Christian. Our gatherings on Sunday mornings are meant to be gatherings of the broken and the loved, of those who are hurting, but also those who are healing, of those who are lost, but those who are also found, of those who know their need and seek not simply to have their needs met, 
but realize that in the helping meet the needs of others, their own needs are met in turn. At the dawn of creation, God breathed us into being out of love. And we were created first and foremost for relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with one another. Relationship defined by mutual respect, mutual love, and care for one another. It's only through the love of your neighbor that you know the love of God. If we harden our heart, if we permit legality to define who is and is not welcome, then how can we ever love a person as God intends? You can't. Our call is not to dismiss life. Our call is to love life. Thanks be to God. Amen.